Welcome to the Dirty Love Podcast. I'm your host, Bettina Khan. So here's how this podcast works. I invite a friend over for tea, we sit at my kitchen table, and we have a raw, unscripted conversation about love. It might be about heartbreak, divorce, money, sex, mental health. We are airing our dirty laundry. We're talking about the things that we're not supposed to say in public. We're getting vulnerable. Our hope is that others will do the same. We are in the pursuit of unwavering, deep self-love. We know this to be the basis of any healthy relationship. And we know that the most important relationship we have is with ourselves. Join us for each episode where we delve into these stories, we tell the truth, and we find emancipation. So the way I do this is I just press record and we talk. Great. That's also been battling sirens all day, which has been super funny. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see if I can edit that out a little bit. They're coming for us. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Stop the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you want to talk about? Oh, drink your tea. Go for it. Um... I think it would be great to discuss what I learned about myself um, after the end of my relationship. Hmm. And what I learned not only about myself, but also about my relationship that I didn't really, I wasn't able to see when I was in it, which was really interesting to actually experience afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hit it. Um, so last June, I ended my nine-year relationship with my partner. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still so real to me. Um, yeah. And it gets me teary-eyed and it's, just because so many feelings come up for me around it. Um, Because I felt that I was going to spend the rest of my life with this person. And we, and I loved him and I always will. He's a wonderful human being. And I think the main thing that I learned was that he's not the person for me. He's not the person I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life. And when I learned that and it became very real for me that, okay, this needs to end. I need to, I need out of this relationship. This is not benefiting me. This is not benefiting him. At that point, I instantly went home and ended things. And while it was really difficult at first and I didn't know what it would look like, I didn't know what the future held for me and for him and for us together. Um, I just knew that that chapter of our relationship needed to end. Was it a moment? Um, it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I will never forget it. So the night of Ride versus One. Which is a charity event that I put on. Yep. Um, at the after party, I ran into a friend of mine and was asking her about her relationship and how her boyfriend was. And she let me know that they were no longer together and um, and that she thought he was a great person, but he wasn't for her. And that resonated with me because it had been an ongoing conversation I had been having with myself for, to be honest, probably two years at that point of we've, my partner and I have had these ups and downs. We continue to have the same conversations. What's going on? Like, how are we not moving past this? Um, how are we not communicating properly with one another? I love this person. I want to be with this person. We will make it work. And when she mentioned that, you know, he's a great guy, he's just not for me. That really, really, that resonated with me. It's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's where I'm at. And so that night, um, on our way home from the party, um, he was really unhappy with me and I didn't know why. And that was, that was the, the last straw for me that really, I didn't know what I had done and he wasn't happy and I just felt like I could never satisfy him and please him and I, I just had enough. I was exhausted. I was in school full time. Um, we were living apart. I was in Victoria. He was here. And I just realized that this was not how I wanted to live my life. This was not okay for me. This was not okay for him. And that something needed to change. And so the next morning I had a doctor's appointment and I went out for lunch on my own after. And it was at that point that I realized I'm going home to break up with my boyfriend right now. And I stopped eating instantly because I got quite nauseous and just realized this, this is going to happen today. It just hit you. It just hit me. I was, yeah, like, okay, this is going to happen. And while there have been moments or there had been moments prior to that of, should we just end this? Like, should we just move in different directions and not be together would it be would it be better if for both of us if we just moved on from this relationship there was always just something holding us together and for me I think it was the hope that things would be different moving forward that something would change whether it was in me or him or both, that something would prove to me that we were meant to be together. And so I went home and we had a very long conversation. And it was in that moment when I told him that I didn't know what else to do in our relationship. I didn't know how to support us moving forward that I realized because he didn't say anything he didn't say, I want to make this work. I will do anything and everything it takes to stay with you. I knew in that moment, he's not fighting for us anymore. 
this is a sign. This is a sign that, yeah, okay. And so I said, I need to leave. And he left and I packed up my stuff and went to my parents. And that was the beginning of my final break between terms. And so it was interesting in that moment because I went to shutdown mode. I was exhausted. I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to share it. And it wasn't because I was embarrassed. It wasn't because I was in any way not wanting to. I realized later on after I reflected and looked back that I needed to do what was right for me in that moment. And what was right for me was um, to take care of myself and to allow myself to be in that moment as uncomfortable and emotional and exhausting as it was. I just needed to work through it. And so I stayed with my sister for the two weeks that I was here. Um, I told my siblings, but I didn't even tell them in person because I knew it would be really emotional for me. I told my siblings, um, and then I went back to school and I didn't really talk about it with anyone at school either. I just focused on school. And when I wasn't at school, I worked through everything that was coming up for me. And it was really interesting because looking back, my partner and I went on a break two years prior to that. And when we were on our break, I kept myself busy. I was hanging out with friends all the time. I was going out for dinners. I was going out for drinks. I was always busy and never had time on my own. And now looking back, I realized that I just wanted a distraction at the time and I didn't actually want to dive deep into why are we on a break? What does this mean? And so to see it differently this time around and to really spend that time in that discomfort and messiness of my feelings and what was coming up for me allowed me to really process it in a different way, in a better way, in a way that I could heal and learn and grow, which I continue to this day to do. Um, and it's also allowed me to learn so much about me and my relationship with my partner and what that looked like from an external point of view. Tell me about that. Um, I was talking to my counselor one day and we were discussing, oh, something with regards to my relationship with my partner. And all of a sudden I just stopped and I just started crying. And she looked at me and just asked me, what's coming up for you right now? And I realized in that moment that as many issues or disagreements that my partner and I had, as many things that he was going through, I was going through, what I realized in that moment was that I didn't love myself. I had lost that somewhere in my relationship. And I had turned my focus from me to us and talking through all the things that were coming up for me, I realized that 
wow, okay. So it's deeper than just my partner not being happy and me not being happy in our relationship and us not going anywhere. It was more, wow, I wasn't happy. I wasn't mm-hmm. happy with me. And how can I contribute to the best of my ability to a relationship when I can't even take care of myself? And I shared that with my partner after this was probably a few months after we broke up. And I shared that with him and he was really grateful that I was able to open up and express what was coming up for me because I felt like I had put a lot on him in that he wasn't happy and that was affecting our relationship, which it was. And at the same time, there was so much that I was also um, contributing, not in the most positive way to our relationship because I wasn't taking care of myself. What did that lack of self-care look like? How did it show up? Um, and did you know it then or did you know it, do you know it now? No, I know it now. Okay. I didn't know in the moment. Yeah. I definitely did not know in the moment. Um, I think for me it was just letting things go in our relationship that really bothered me and not having those conversations because my partner didn't like to have those sticky conversations. And um, yeah, it was interesting. I felt like I kind of separated our lives a bit. And that was definitely something that he had mentioned that I would hang out with my friends. And even though I would invite him, he didn't really necessarily want to come and so I just kind of assumed okay well you have your friends I have my friends we hang out when we hang out and um I love to be social and so I just felt like we were kind of living separate lives and I was okay with it but I wasn't I was saying that I was okay with it So the lack of self-care in one instance was letting things slide that were actually out of integrity with the way you want to live your life and how you Mm -hmm. want to do things. Yeah. And that that takes away from your experience of yourself, like you fully self-expressing and you just authentically being in your own skin. Yeah, absolutely. And I never, while he supported me with what I did and everything that I did deep down I don't feel like he pushed me in a positive way towards my goals and towards what I wanted to do and I don't feel as though looking back now that we really supported one another in that way and while I felt like I was encouraging him and supporting him through his goals, it didn't necessarily come across that way to him. And while I knew that in the moment, um, it was really difficult because even though I would ask him, how can I support you with this? And how can I support you moving forward? It was just nothing that he could really communicate to me. And so there were telltale signs, communication, um, my body giving me telltale signs that I just ignored 
for years, which ironically enough actually disappeared um, when we broke up. So this, this is health related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had I have really bad stomach issues, and they got really bad. Um, probably, yeah, two years before we broke up. And my doctors didn't know why they were, like, to the extreme that they were. And um, I was taking so many different things for it, like natural remedies that were terrible. (laughs) I tasted horrible. But, yeah, I just didn't know what to do. And it was probably three months after we broke up that my body started to get back to normal. And... um, the pain started to go away, the discomfort, the digestion got easier. Um, there were so many things that I realized, wow, okay. So my mind was trying to tell me no, and I ignored it. My body was trying to tell me no, and I ignored it. And it put such a strain on me personally that that was the sure sign that I was not taking care of myself. And two years ago is when you guys had your separation or had your break. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like actually your gut. Actually my gut. I was not listening to my gut. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And so that's, I think that's been my biggest learning is, learning to love myself again and listening to myself and trusting my gut literally it yeah and i think for the first four or five months after we broke up it was really me just being one with myself Hmm. and having those moments where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep and I would just lie there and just tell myself, you are okay. You are okay. You are listening to yourself. You love yourself. You are okay. And there was a lot of that, I I would say, for the... For the first three, four months, I maybe slept four or five hours a night. And it wasn't because I was necessarily thinking about things and I couldn't sleep. It was just my body was just going through so many different changes and processes. And while I'm sure there was a lot on in the back of my mind that was going on, it wasn't that one certain thing was keeping me up. And so when things in my body started to get back to normal and my gut was healthy again, then I started to sleep better. I started to sleep better. I started to focus on me and my health and what was what I needed, which I feel like I neglected for a really long time. Time wasn't just healing the wounds of the relationship, your body needed to go through a process to heal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're in such a hurry to heal, but your body's like, no. Yeah. We need to come down from nine years 
of not listening to me. Yeah. Or however long that was. And um, I have a natural process that I need to go through. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes I think we're just in such a hurry to get through things to get to the other side. Yeah. And in saying that, there's also that process of feeling really uncomfortable yeah. with yeah, yeah. the things that are coming up mm-hmm. and wanting to push past that so quickly. Exactly. And not be in it, which for me was so uncomfortable. And at the same time, I knew that I needed to go through it. I knew I needed to experience that to come out stronger on the other end. And I also knew it would bring things up. It would bring things up about me. It would bring things up about our relationship. It would allow me to really reflect and go through that process of growing. I really feel like it was the perfect opportunity for me to grow and learn more about myself and who I am. And it's still something that I'm going through and it will be forever. Absolutely. Um, and I really hope it's never that uncomfortable <laughs> again. <laughs> Just the one time. Just the one time. Um, but when I moved back home after I graduated in September, that's when I feel like I went through the whole process again because it was originally me for the first two weeks in Vancouver and then I went back to Victoria. And... When I was in Victoria, I was I had my friends there, but I didn't have my family. I didn't have my close friends who were in Vancouver. Um, I was out of my comfort zone, really, with what I'm familiar with. And so it allowed me to go through that process and to deal with the messiness and discomfort of what I was going through. Um, but when I moved back in September, I moved in with my parents. I didn't have a job. I had just finished school. And I remember walking into my old room where I moved into, um, literally the room that I grew up in, which looks completely different, but walking into that room and just thinking, oh shit, okay, this is happening again. And that night crying myself to sleep because so many emotions were coming up for me. I was back in Vancouver and I wasn't with my partner. I was in my parents' house. I didn't have a job. I have student debt now. And yeah, there was just a lot of emotions coming up for me. Also like, I didn't see this coming. No, not at all. No. This was not part of the plan. No. (laughs) no so I am so incredibly grateful to my parents to give me that space to allow me to go through it because looking back at it now they will talk about it and say like yeah you were you were a different person when you came back and while some of it was good, it was also really hard for them to see because I just wanted space. I didn't really want to talk a lot. I just wanted to be at home. And it was probably the month of September was really like up and down for me. And 
at the same time, allowing myself to go through that in September and allowing myself to be okay with the feelings that were coming up, with the grieving process happening all over again, really allowed me to grow even more. I felt like I learned so much being away in Victoria and going through the grieving process, but then I felt even stronger when I went through it again in September. And in October was when I actually started to feel great again. I started to feel like a new person. I was starting to take care of myself again. I was starting to love myself again, Mm. which was an experience that I forgot how to do. Tell me about that. Um, wow. Um, let's see. I started to really just try new things. Um, I was going out with friends a lot. Um, and it was really funny because this is the first time in nine years that I would go out with friends, um, even like guy friends. And I remember one morning my girlfriend was like, oh, I think this is a date. I'm like, mm, no, I don't think this is a date. <laughs> no, no, we're just going out as friends. She's like, mm, I, okay, well, I think differently. And I remember going out for dinner with a friend and I was like, wait a sec, is this a date? No, this isn't a date. And it was just one of those moments where I'm like, all right, well, okay, this isn't a date. And I'll be like really clear with him that I'm not ready. But it was also fun. I just allowed myself to be open in that moment and just accept that, you know, okay, well, yeah, I am a great person. And I have amazing people in my life. And if someone, you know, sees me in that way, then great. Like, that's awesome. Instead of being really hesitant about it and being like, oh, why? Like, why would they see me in that way? That's weird. Um, Really starting to take a new perspective on how I showed up and how I saw myself, which was difficult at first difficult to see that other people could be interested in me Um, and it's interesting because while I'm learning to love myself again I think my new challenge right now is to make sure that I'm listening to my head and my heart and making sure that those two are aligned so you say love yourself again was there a moment in time where you felt a really strong handle on that um, no, no, no. So this is like new. Yeah. I mean, I know that when I was younger, I loved myself. Mm. I went through a really difficult stage of not loving myself in high school and having an eating disorder in um, grade 11 and 12. And I don't feel that I went through the process after that of really getting to love myself fully again because it was four years later that I met my partner and we started dating. I was just going to say. 
And between him and that time, I had two other boyfriends and just didn't really ever have that time to myself to grow and take care of me. So I feel as though I haven't loved myself fully since I was a young girl. And that's when we have all the freedom and no inhibitions, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing in the space. It's just, just, we're just doing our thing. We're expressing ourselves. Yeah. And when you say really connecting the head and the heart, this is a strong theme that comes up in a lot of conversations. How do you even know when you're doing it? How do you know when you're not doing it? How do you keep it in check? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't even know where to start. Um, I would say that... So when my partner and I broke up, I knew that I, when I started to get healthy again and things started to get back to normal in my body and I was, I really realized that I needed to listen to my gut and listen to what was coming up for me. And so that's come up in every aspect of my life, whether it's my career or whether it's even just really making sure that I'm finding time for myself and scheduling that in. I actually feel like I need to schedule me time, whether it's a night in with a book and wine, I literally will put it in my calendar so that I don't forget that, so that I don't see that blank night and say, absolutely, let's get together and have dinner, when I realize, actually, no, that was a night for me. So while I'm listening to my gut, there have been times where I've run into situations where I'm like, okay, no, this is a good thing. Like, yeah. And my head's like, yeah. And my head convinces me. My heart is like, mm, are you sure? I don't think this is a good situation to be in. I'm like, mm. my head's like, nope, nope, we're good. We're good. I'm like, okay, yep. And I convince myself because my head is like, nope, we're good. My gut feels good. We're going for it. And yeah, and then it just goes really bad. Hmm. So um, for example, I started to hang out with a guy and it was very casual. And when we started to hang out, I didn't know if I wanted to be in a relationship. Um, this was late last year, and I didn't know if I was ready, so we were just casually hanging out. And I would say it was a couple weeks in where I was talking to a friend, and she was like, oh, yeah, just like have it be casual. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And my heart was like, mm -mm, no, you don't do this. Like, this is not, no, no, you're going to get attached, and no, this is not good. And my head convinced me that it was okay. And then I realized a couple months later that no, this is not okay. I'm getting attached and I'm gonna get hurt. And so I ended things and I did get hurt. I did. And it wasn't on him. It was the fact that I was not listening to my head and my heart. They were not aligned. And 
So I, again, I went through the grieving process. I went through a process of, wow, this really sucks. And in that moment, I just let myself accept that, yeah, things are really, things are shitty. I didn't listen to my heart when I should have. And it's a great learning experience, absolutely. I realized, okay, this is how it feels when I don't listen to my heart. This is how it feels when my head and heart aren't aligned. And what does that look like moving forward? How do I ensure that I am actually listening to what I need to do for myself and not try and convince myself differently? I don't feel like I should ever convince myself to do something. And if I do, then it's not the right thing for me. It's not natural. It's not in flow. No. Right. Yeah. And so again, I mean, it was a great thing to go through and it was an amazing experience in that way. And at the same time, I learned again more about myself that I don't think I would have if I hadn't gone through the process of ending a nine-year relationship, going through that grieving process, learning about myself, re-loving myself. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am now. And at the same time, I know moving forward that I shouldn't have to convince myself of a situation. Don't force anything. Mm Mm-mm. How do you practice that now? Is it just, do you physically check in and say, okay, where is my head at? Where's my heart? Where's my heart at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a daily, daily process. Um, sometimes hourly. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it comes up with, yeah, all aspects of my life. Um, my career, where I want to be, what I want to do. And really ensuring that I'm doing what I feel is right for me. And if I'm not, to get out of it. That and takes guts. Yeah. And it's interesting because I remember calling one of my girlfriends um, the week that I ended things with this guy. And I was talking to her about it. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I knew that you knew from the beginning that this was not right for me just from the a look that she gave me when we were having a conversation about it and at the same time she allowed me to go through it and learn what I needed to learn from it but I was like I knew that you knew that this wasn't right for me that this wasn't what I was you know it's not a situation that I should have been in but you allowed me to go through it and learn what I needed to learn and you supported me and loved me through it. Um, so it was really, it was really interesting that she could sense something and I just convinced myself otherwise. And so, yeah, I think that that definitely comes up in all aspects of my life right now is what feels natural? What am I doing? Do I need to convince myself to do something, whether it's, you know, going out to 
a dinner party when, when I've had a super long, exhausting week. Like, am I really, am I going to show up in the way that I want to show up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something about being in flow, being in flow with yourself and knowing, not resisting, right? Mm-hmm. So what does feel natural and, and being okay saying no. Mm-hmm. This has been also been a big conversation. What does it feel like to say no, to disappoint people potentially, yeah. you know, to maybe risk not being liked? Yeah, that, um, that came up for me last week even because I had a friend's birthday on Friday night and I had had a really emotional week and really exhausting week. And Friday night came along and there was part of me that was like, you can do this. Like you're actually feeling like you've got some energy. And then there was part of me that was like, but are you really going to show up in the way you want to show up? Are you going to show up as you? Are you showing up as someone that's really trying to be you because you're so exhausted that you're not fully there? And so I ended up saying no and I went to bed and I, my head hit the pillow and I was out cold. And when I woke up the next morning, I realized, yeah, this is what I needed to do. And I didn't make myself feel bad about it. While I wish I could have been there, I realized that I wouldn't have been fully present because I would have been also dreaming about sleeping. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's, what I'm hearing is self-care is listening to your body mm-hmm. and taking care actually taking care of what your body needs. Yeah. Which sounds so simple and obvious. And it's so hard. Because we're just pushing through. Yeah. Yeah. If you choose to be in another relationship, how will you maintain this level of self-care that you have now cultivated in your life? For me, it's still having that personal time, that really scheduling that personal time for me and checking in with myself on a regular basis to see how I'm doing, what do I need? Because if I am not taking care of myself fully and wholeheartedly, then how am I showing up for other people? How am I showing up for the people in my life? Whether it's my partner, whether it's my friends, my family, I don't feel like I can show up in the best way and be that authentic person for the people in my life if I'm not taking care of myself and really listening to what I need. And I know there'll be times where it doesn't go as planned and things don't happen as planned, but I feel as long as I'm able to check in with myself, on a regular basis that I can really show up fully for those people in my life. And I think taking out that personal time somehow creates space for the personal check-in. So not that you check in during that personal time necessarily, but there's this relationship that I feel I cultivate with myself where when I have personal time, it makes it easier to check in with myself ongoingly. Mm-hmm. Just it's it's just being with myself, right? Like having yeah. having more connection with myself, knowing what I want, which sounds really strange. But when we're going constantly, there's a disconnection from the self. 
Yeah, it's that connection. Because if you are spending regular time with yourself, you are connected. So you know what those feelings are. You know that you're taking care of yourself. You're connected to you and what you need. It's when you start to push that aside and you don't prioritize yourself. That I feel for me personally that I don't feel connected and so I don't know what I need. And I'm not able to show up for people in my life in the best way that I can, that I'm capable of, because I'm neglecting myself. And it's not to say that you're going to have it all figured out going forward. No. (laughs) No. 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 It will, no. (laughs) And I'm okay with that, for sure. Um, But for me, it's, going through the experiences that I've gone through as long as I'm taking something from those experiences and allowing my future self and my present self to, well, for me to be a better version of myself because of those experiences, not just thinking about them and moving on and ignoring them. I think that's the big thing for me. What does your future self want you to know right now? That everything will be great. And to just not feel like you need to control everything. Surprise. (laughs) That you're not going to control everything. And everything will be great. Oh, I wish everybody could see the look in your eyes right now. (laughs) Just so much joy. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, it's good. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Anything else? Oh. Yeah, I think my biggest learning is that if I don't love myself, how can I show up for other people? And so I think that's something that everyone just needs to focus on is self-love and I know that that's a big thing that's come up and but I really think that those words are so incredibly powerful and it's a conversation that I've had with multiple people and yeah it starts with self which I'm just now learning (laughs) I'm Bettina Khan, and you've been listening to the Dirty Love Podcast. Follow us on social and please subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again for another juicy episode.